Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. Today, Andrew and I tackle the topic of infertility. It's not something we often think of. We grow up planning to get married, to start a family, and to have children, but sometimes, for whatever reason, that last part doesn't happen. It's a difficult cross to bear, and our hearts do go out to anyone who does have to bear it. We talk about different approaches that might help, and we also touch on in vitro fertilization and why the church is against it. So I made an executive decision with our podcast. I've decided we're switching from being a religious Catholic podcast to a tech podcast. Yeah. Uh, you and I recently acquired new pieces of technology. Yeah, we did. That we're both pretty pleased about, I think. Yeah. So. Oh, if, I didn't even... Is this the one? This is the new laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very observant of you. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so uh, for the uninitiated, this is... I, I bought a new laptop uh, just uh, last week, I think. And... Um, yeah, I'm, it's a Lenovo ThinkPad. I'm going to try to do this tech podcast thing properly. It uh, comes with a AMD Ryzen 5 uh, 3500 CPU, which I'm pretty excited about just because, I mean, my, my previous CPU is, I think, five years old at this point, which isn't that bad. It's not like I do a lot of hardcore processing or anything, but I guess for this podcast and other personal projects like video editing and things like that, mm-hmm. um, having a better CPU is definitely helpful. Um, it's too bad I can't do my work stuff on this laptop because mm. with like my Excel spreadsheets and right. kind of all the intense formulas and the hundreds of thousands of rows of data, it would be helpful to have a processor like this, but that's okay. Uh, I'm happy with this thing. Um, and yeah, I tried playing a few lightweight games on it last night and they seem to check out better than my previous laptop, which I love. Um, I'm giving it to my mom, so it, it is being used, uh, still at least and not just throwing away. Uh, but you recently got a new phone. Yeah, I got a new phone. I got a Pixel 6. Uh, I pre-ordered it. It's, uh, I mean, it's a Pixel. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was talking to my brother about it because he was thinking about getting it too. And he was like, is it great? And I was like, I feel like the wow factor just happens the first time you get a Pixel because it is, in my opinion, a better experience than other phones. Phone. It is a great phone. Um, but then like going from Pixel 3, which is what I had previously, to a Pixel 6, it's really the same experience, just on a different Android um, OS. Yeah. So a little bit different in that sense, but nothing worldly to yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been good. And then the the, the thing that I'm most <laughs> disappointed about is such a first world thing, is that in North America they give you the Pixel Buds with the with the uh, with the Pixel Six if you pre-order. Just it. as a promotion. Just thing. as a promotion yeah. thing, exactly. Um, so <laughs> a couple things. So first of all, their site was down on the um, when it was released, mm-hmm. so like the checkout didn't even work. By the time the checkout worked, the Pixel Buds were out of stock. But they're supposed to email us to like still give it to us. Yeah. But then in Europe, I told you this. Um, they're giving out like the premium top of the line Bose sound uh, noise canceling headphones. Yeah. And then we don't even get the actual Pixel Buds. We get the A series. Like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, just uh, just love to live in North America. It, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, it, it's a big difference. I mean, you were we were joking about you moving to Europe yeah. just to just to just for that. <laughs> um, you know, something else that's disappointing is uh, the topic that's uh, the topic that a lot of us uh, I think don't really think about. Mm. Um, and that's a topic of infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that we want to talk about today, kind of share about, maybe more so speak about as opposed to sharing. Um, because I think, uh, so this is actually 
a topic proposed to us by my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, so she's a nurse, uh, she's an emerge nurse, and I think she has a lot of these kinds of conversations with uh, whether it's friends or just patients or whatever, um, just people about, with, with these people about, you know, infertility, about having a child, and for those people that are aware that she's a Catholic, right, like what does the church say about infertility? And so, um, you know, when she, when I, I was kind of drawing blanks, I'm like, what should we talk about? <laughs> Right, and she brought this up, and I was like, "That's actually a good idea." Because you and I, uh, I think maybe two episodes ago, we had touched on the possibility of going into it, but we mm -hmm. never did. Yeah, uh, don't remember what that was for. I don't know if you do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think this now is a good time. It, it 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 deserves its own kind of episode anyway. And yeah. so yeah, so infertility, right? Um, the idea that you know when you are trying to have a child, when you are trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. Uh, that you just can't, that mm -hmm. you are unable to, um, for whatever reason. I think when kind of reflecting on this topic, uh, for me, one of the first things that comes to mind is the expectations that are set. Mm -hmm. right, if you ever think about, like, I think just going through your first 30 years of life, um, you know, from your own perspective, it's, it's always like, okay, like, I'm... I don't know if you were like this, but I, I was a little bit like this where I was like, okay, by 26, I'm gonna get married, which didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, you know, have um, a couple kids, uh, and you know, I'll, I'm gonna try, I want one son, one daughter, which is how, how I was raised. Um, and you know, that's that's kind of the typical framework and structure that a lot of people kind of build build within their minds over years and years and years. Yeah. And then even from the perspective of a friend or a family member, right? Like, I'm sure you've been getting a lot of this over the last uh, three, months. three months or whatever. It's kind of like, you know, you get married or you become engaged and you start thinking ahead and planning for your family and being like, okay, you know, same thing. Um, you know, you're asking your, your, your friend or your family member, like, when are you guys expecting to have children? Yeah, or, yeah. you know, all these things and all these conversations. And there's kind of that inherent, again, expectation, almost an inherent pressure. Yeah to have a child, to start a family uh, once you get married, right? Um, even to have grandchildren, right? A lot of people even think that far ahead. Yeah. Um, and so you rarely ever actually think about, you know, what happens if that doesn't happen, like if, if I'm not able to have a child. Yeah, it, it becomes definitely like, the closer you get to that stage, I think, the more real it becomes as well. I think it's one thing to, you know, uh, be joking to to you with your girlfriend and say like, oh, you know, when are the kids coming? Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, like now, it's uh, it's it's very it's palpable in my life now, right? Like it's um, every conversation I have with my parents, like they're helping me plan out like how we'd be able to afford a bigger home, and I'm mm -hmm. just like, Dad, I'm just trying to make dinner, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think that's you with any type of planning <laughs> in general. Um, but yeah, so it's that kind of a thing where it's. It, um, I think there are definitely lots of expectations around it. It's a very sequential thing overall that um, that is normal to think about, I think. Um, because, you know, definitely you see all around us with lots of people that we look up to even, right? That have that nuclear family structure and, and that is seen as the norm, quote unquote. And, and then, you know, any departure from that becomes a question of why. Mm -hmm. And almost, you know, we are almost conditioned in a sense in the way to think of not reaching that to be some some sort of failure right yeah exactly and so you know we we talked about disappointment and expectations if i were to just you know kind of diagnose one of the initial um things of how to deal with infertility and we're going to get into this in a lot more detail but i think it's kind of resetting your expectations right mm -hmm. 
Um, I quickly looked up just some statistics from StatsCan and they were saying that one in six couples experience infertility. Yeah. You think about that in your own life, put yourself into a room with literally just a group of your friends. One in six of you are, it's possible that you guys will experience infertility, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's a very, it's a pretty common occurrence, more common mm-hmm. than we definitely think about, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I think our, our, our first recommendation off the bat here is just kind of, you know, from a practical perspective, adjust those expectations yeah. and understand the reality that this might happen to you mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of get yourself around that mindset um, just again from a very practical perspective yeah totally and I think as well you know um, one of the great blessings for us is that the Catholic understanding of marriage is very different from this right? yeah so um, you know you're gonna go through it when you're in marriage prep too but and we talked about this in our in our episode on marriage that um, really the the focus of or the understanding of love in the setting of a marriage or love in general is that it, it meets four criteria it's mm. it's free total faithful and fruitful mm-hmm. And really, the the pitfall that we fall into is hearing fruitful and immediately thinking children. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, while it can be true and is a beautiful thing when it happens, is not the only form of fruitfulness in marriage. And I think that's something that's really important to understand. So the easiest way that I can paint this picture is that I'm three months married. I do not have children. That does not mean I have a failed marriage. Right. For sure. Right? So... Um, fruitfulness can come in so so many different ways Uh, and i think that's something that's really important to recognize because that's something that we look at even in our discernment for marriage Mm -hmm. right is my love with my significant other fruitful right in that it bears fruit in my life not necessarily children but does it help me grow is there fruit in virtue is there fruit in all these other different things and that's what fruitfulness is and then eventually you know god willing it culminates in children, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's a really important kind of reset. I think so because, you know, and, I, and that's great because a lot of people in this situation, a lot of Catholics in this situation who have a, you know, a foundational, proper, good understanding of their calling to mm-hmm. to the married life um, as their vocation, right? And, you know, they can start to wonder if, um, if they're infertile. Like, am I a failure? Am I not meeting... Uh, this vocation that God has called us to as a couple, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, we're trying to practice natural family planning, right? We're, we're, we're trying to follow the, the laws that God has, has written into our bodies to mm. um, enable our, our ability to have a child. Um, and ultimately, when that's not happening, there's kind of, again, that pressure, whether it's from yourself or from those around you, um, or even if you think from the church that you feel like you're not fulfilling those, this vocation, but to your point, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, children are a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. Um, and sometimes we don't get to receive that gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that we don't receive other gifts. And that doesn't exactly. mean that we can't give gifts, give those gifts to those around us, mm-hmm. right? In terms of being fruitful through virtue, like you said, as an example. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of the day, all of this, I'm glad you brought it up as gifts because when we think about this pressure to have children or this like need to have children in that sense, we start to think about earning it. I've earned mm-hmm. children because I'm married. Mm-hmm. And and then that really flips everything on its head. And it's like, why do I feel this way? Um, you know, I think it's, um, 
you know, there's a lot of beauty in kind of dwelling in those four pillars of love in the family, right? So free, total, faithful, and fruitful. So being free, meaning, you know, it's not a coerced marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm freely choosing to love you. Mm-hmm. Full meaning, I'm giving all of myself to you and I'm receiving all of you, inclusive of that inability to bear children, mm-hmm. right? And, and to, to be faithful in that, to, to persist through that love with each other, through that, that's how we're going to find the fruitfulness, right? Um, the only reason this is playing out so clearly in my head is because I literally talked to Father Raph the other day and I was like, hey, this is like, you know, it's really boggling my mind a little bit here. Mm-hmm. You know, how can love not be fruitful? Because mm-hmm. fruitfulness really is, is coming from God. It's a gift from God. And if, if we're loving each other and if God is love, then there's going to be fruit. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, not to put that pressure on it necessarily being children, but to focus on, am I freely loving you? Am I loving all of you? And am I giving all of myself to you and accepting all of it? And are we persisting in that? Are we continuing and persevering in our love to be faithful to each other? Mm-hmm. And then discerning where is the fruit, whether it be children or otherwise. Something that is often tied to being fruitful is just being pro-life in general. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people, when thinking about infertility they um, they will turn to something called in vitro fertilization or mm-hmm. IVF. Um, and this is a thing where, you know, what happens is the, the sperm from the male is, is taken and then the, the eggs from the um, woman are harvested. Mm-hmm. Um, they're put together into a dish, right, mm-hmm. um, in a lab. And through that, they're trying to create the embryos to uh, essentially have a child, mm-hmm. right? Create a baby almost. Now, I think one of the one of the stances that people often have who are going through infertility, especially, right? Um, they look at IVF and they're like, "Why?" Because the church te- teaches against IVF, mm-hmm. right? Um, why would the church look at something like IVF as something that is a grave and moral sin? Because it is a pro-life thing where we are trying to encourage people to have children, right? Why would IVF be a mm-hmm. bad thing? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, at the core of this really is the understanding that um, actions have purpose. And the reason why having children in marriage is beautiful is that it is that full act of that covenant of of love, Mm -hmm. right? It is the full act of that free, total, faithful, and fruitful love. And in essence, through you know, um, being intimate with your spouse, that's where you're saying like literally no barriers, no strings, that's no nothing. All of me is a gift to you and all of you I receive Mm -hmm. in and of anything that comes with it. And to go into something like in vitro fertilization is essentially saying, well, no, actually this part of you I'm not Mm -hmm. happy with. I don't want to receive. And now all of a sudden, you're taking creation of children, in essence. This is no longer a fruitful thing of having children in a marriage. This is now, I'm going to create children outside of wanting to love you. And I think that's really where the disconnect happens. And that's why it's looked at so gravely. It's it's that now the intention is taken away from the action, mm-hmm. right? We're now saying that I can create children without having the intention of loving you. Whereas in a fruitful marriage, it is, I love you to the point where 
children come of this. You're fundamentally separating that act of conception mm-hmm. from the marital act, the mm-hmm. sexual act. And I love that you said that it was a covenant, mm-hmm. right? Because it is. And I think, you know, I was like, you know, why, why isn't this pro-life kind of thing? And, you know, in a way it's kind of like, yeah, because you're encouraging life, it's quote unquote pro-life, but that's not the whole, I don't know, encapsulation of what pro-life means. Mm-hmm. Pro-life is still tied to, um, you know, uh, consummating your love within the marital act. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, you know, your unity with your spouse your union with your spouse and, the, and that strong bond of love that is supposed to mirror the love between uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Creating a child um, through that marital act is a necessary part of you know being pro-life and also of just understanding that this is something that God, this is how God intended for children to uh, come into this world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we are looking at this as, you know, IVF is something that's acceptable, you're starting to think of yourself as God. Mm-hmm. You're starting to play God where you're manipulating, um, you know, again, the sperm and the egg. You're putting it together yourself in a lab um, or through the scientist, whatever. You're manipulating this baby who has worth and dignity as a human being. That needs to be remembered because, again, as Catholics... And really, everyone should believe this. We need to remember that life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. Life begins not like, you know, six weeks in, not three months in, not the moment the, the baby comes out of the womb, which mm-hmm. is a lot of what society is trying to teach. Life begins at the very, very moment of conception, mm-hmm. right? There's no other, there's no other uh, you know, way to think about this because if, if you think about, you know, whenever a sperm and an egg come together the only thing that will ever come out of it is a human child. There's mm-hmm. there's nothing else, right? Life does begin at conception. And so if we start thinking about, you know, putting these th- two, you know, the sperm and the egg together in a dish, we're manipulating it essentially as a product. We're taking away mm-hmm. that dignity as a human child that the baby deserves. And again, we're just essentially playing God. It, it, it I'm, I'm, I go back to the whole thing about like earning, feeling the right, the right to have children, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it just goes back to this this whole thing about like the fruitfulness that will, at the end of the day, bring us to sainthood, is that which is a gift. You know, um, I think you look at any part of the spiritual life, you look at any part of living the faith, and or at any of the saints even, all the things that brought saints to sanctity, all the things that made men and women holy, were gifts from God. Mm-hmm. Every time. From literally the beginning of time, from the story of Adam and Eve, all the way through to now and into the future, every time humanity tried to say, no, I'm going to decide how this plays out, that has always ended up taking you away from sanctity. So I think that's something to really keep in mind as well. This is going beyond just uh, creating a family. You know, this is really affecting your own sanctity as well, because now you're saying God doesn't have the right plan. I do. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself, regardless of whether it's with IVF or otherwise, it's the same thing, right? Like to me, this concept of IVF, what you're doing in separating conception from the sexual act, it's the same thing that's wrong with contraception. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing that's wrong with pornography. Mm -hmm. We're taking parts of the sexual act, parts of the marital act, isolating them and saying, I only want this to happen. Mm-hmm. I only want this to happen. I want to force this to happen. It's two sides of the same coin. And really, we're also devaluing the way that we can love each other. 
And so this kind of goes into um, what we would, I guess, kind of recommend um, or, or think about in terms of carrying the cross of infertility. Mm-hmm. Because don't get us wrong, like, you know, the first 15 minutes of this episode or whatever, we're talking about, you know, resetting your expectations. We're talking about why the church is against things like IVF. What we probably should have mentioned at the top is this is like, I, I can't imagine, you know, being in these shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for you where it's kind of like, we're still praying that God will give us the gift of children. Yeah. We still want to start a family or start mm-hmm. our own families. That is still our own desire. And so if we are ever in those shoes and if you're in those shoes of, you know, um, not being able to conceive, mm-hmm. having to uh, struggle with infertility, this is really, really hard. Yeah. It's, there's, it, this isn't us saying that you shouldn't be emotional about it. Mm. This isn't us saying that you shouldn't be upset about it. This isn't even us saying that you shouldn't be upset at God about it because, you know, a lot of the time with our own spiritual lives, a lot of that growth in our relationship with Jesus is struggling with Jesus, trying to understand why God is trying to, you know, is, is giving you these crosses to bear. Yeah. And so infertility is one of these crosses and it's difficult. It's, it's a difficult, it's a huge cross to bear. Yeah. Uh, we're not people who can speak to what the will of God is, obviously, for you specifically, um, or for uh, maybe for us. Uh, no, not even for us specifically. The only thing we can say is that just to remind you that you're not a failure yourself personally right maybe you're upset at the way god created your body mm-hmm. like am i faulty no you're not god loves you jesus is carrying this cross with you mm-hmm. right you're not a failure within the context of your marriage vocation as andrew outlined earlier there are other ways to be fruitful right it's not just having a child that that matters for um and so you know i think that's kind of the first and most the first and foremost reminder that yeah. we need to to bring out well, you know, I think, um, again, to echo you, that none of this makes it any easier. Um, but I think one thing to, to remember all the way through is that um, this goes back to a, a conversation that comes up often enough, which is, you know, why is suffering such a big part of the Catholic thing? Mm. Um, and I think one really big thing to, to, to remind ourselves of is, is God's permissive will. Namely, God allows evils to come into the world for greater goods. And so I think, you know, um, again, to your point, feeling sad, feeling down and, and having those questions is, I think, completely natural. But the flip side is and the promise that we're given is that there's always hope there. Mm-hmm. The promise that we're given is that there will be for you specifically a greater joy that you can receive in where God is pointing you to than you could have had if you had children. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that I think is the hope we need to cling to is like, all right, as excited as I was for children, maybe it was something about having the children that I was really excited for that I can do now in a way that's freer for me. For example, you know, uh, something that comes to mind in, in the conversation I have with father Raph about this was, what if, right, and, and, you know, there are so many evils in, in the situation I'm able to talk about, mm-hmm. but what if there was a child born of an unhealthy relationship yep. with an abusive father and a mother who wasn't fully consenting, um, 
and a child is born. Mm -hmm. What if that child has to go into now, uh, you know, uh, the social custody has to go into, quote unquote, the system to be Mm -hmm. adopted, fostered or what have you. What if this couple who was not able to have children of their own then now pour out that abundant love to love this fostered child who is without biological parents that can love him in or her in that way which would need and i think we can all agree about this to love someone else's child the way that they need to be loved by their own parents that requires a supernatural love yep right yep and because those two had felt that gap had realized we need we need to love children but not children of our own what if that brings the whole situation back around towards sanctity as opposed to that child now being resentful now all of a sudden you know that would be in my mind or i would imagine for those parents more fulfilling than raising their own children from start to finish because you have loved a child who was in a situation devoid of love Mm -hmm. you have loved a child who without you would have been put on a path that is very far from the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. And like, these are the kinds of things that I think we need to cling to when we're coming across disappointments like this, whether it be infertility or otherwise, it's God's promise to me is that I will find more joy and fulfillment in what's next than I would have if he gave me what I asked for right now. And the only thing I would touch on is maybe it's not even necessarily more joy or more fulfillment. I think it's just a different kind of fulfillment and joy that um, you wouldn't have experienced otherwise. And just drawing this back to how you said earlier of how, you know, fruitfulness does not necessarily just come of you having your own child. Yeah. Right. This is still another example of being able to show that you can be fruitful through your uh, calling to, to married life. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, you've you've just alluded to it. Adoption being one of those perhaps the most practical ways of, um, you know, if you are infertile, you know, there are so many um, there are many adoption agencies, Catholic adoption agencies Mm -hmm. where you can kind of look into. And I love that you specifically pointed out that to love a child who is not your own, because, again, going back to the whole expectations thing. No one really, you know, very few people really kind of spend their entire lives thinking, you know, I'm going to adopt a child instead Mm -hmm. of I'm going to have my own child. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's kind of just an inherent um, inherent note, I suppose, within the the idea of being adopted. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about it is that, like you said, it actually just creates a beautiful opportunity to find that supernatural love, yeah. uh, give the child um, this love that they definitely most likely wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to circle back to what you brought up about suffering, I think this is just highlighting the whole idea of redemptive suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And not to go to, not to zoom out from the picture too much um, or to go too much on a tangent, but this is why we believe in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. right? Because he went through the suffering of carrying his cross of dying on a cross and being crucified and then he redeemed it he made something good out of the collective sin of humanity and set all of humanity on a new path mm-hmm. a path that could go to his own kingdom yeah. and kind of in a more micro way that's kind of what we're trying to bring out here where you are carrying this cross of infertility right mm-hmm. you might be and maybe you're carrying some other cross we are we are all carrying some kind of cross mm-hmm. Just have faith and have hope that Jesus and God in in their love for you 
will redeem it and find a way to bring you to, you know, happier days, just something that is more loving mm-hmm. because God is love. And so they will bring you to them. They will bring you to love because they are love. God's not going to waste your desire, you know? Um, I, I think that's like so, so critical to this whole thing. The desire to love children is so, so, so beautiful. And it's something that, you know, it, it's not, and here's another piece too. It's not particular to the marriage vocation, right? When I talk about free, total, faithful, and fruitful, that's not just love in the marriage setting consecrated Mm -hmm. single people Mm -hmm. still need to are called to love others in a fruitful way you look at um lots of different uh spiritual mothers and spiritual fathers to you know uh, priests to saints to people all over the world you know it's just you know the the different the different possibilities that open up you know i think it's just it's something that's really full of hope so i think at the end of the day again like not to minimize any of of the burden but if i can encourage to focus on the hope that it that it brings out you know i think there's something there that um can be a challenge to god too right that can be a really beautiful prayer you know god if you're not giving me this make it like crystal clear to me what you want me to do Mm -hmm. you know god if this isn't it show me what i'm supposed to do because right now I'm not feeling it, mm-hmm. you know, like that could be a really beautiful prayer to help and find that hope of where can I share my love? Where can I share the joy that you've given me? Where can I share all these beautiful things in our, in my marriage? Um, so that you can ultimately bear the fruit that you're meant to bear. You've mentioned this twice already, but I want to circle back to the idea of, um, just thinking about children as, um, you know, something that you really want, right? Mm. Like the strong desire. But sometimes I think crossing over to the threshold of, you know, thinking of it as not necessarily a gift, mm. right? Not understanding that children are gifts and that life is a gift. I, I just want to highlight this one more time um, because, you know, if you are going through infertility and you really, really want a child really, really bad, I, I'm sure many of us do. I think as with anything in the spiritual life, we really need to go back to examine this desire, yeah. right? Are we are we beginning to see potential children or children in general as commodities mm-hmm. in the sense of, you know, there's a lot of, just in society in general, Catholics included, where there's a big um, kind of mentality of like, you know, a lot of pride of being able to have your own flesh and blood yeah. in the form of your own child which is totally justifiable. We Mm -hmm. should, of course, be proud of our children. We definitely hope our our own parents are proud of us. Mm -hmm. But we need to be careful not to think of them, again, as commodities, where it's kind of like, um, I am the initial point of creation or something like that, right? Um, Just like anything else in this world, we need to understand, as you've already said, everything is a gift. Children are a gift. Life is a gift. There is nothing that we deserve, Mm -hmm. right? All of this is... You know, all, whether it's my laptop, whether it's your phone, yeah. whether it's our your, your spouse or my girlfriend, our family members, our friends, our careers, all of these things are gifts given to us by God. There is nothing that we should feel entitled to. And as tough as this may be to swallow, that also includes our own children. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, just to be just to be clear, there's no, you know, 
we're not trying to, you know, judge you or trying to be preachy, uh, you know, when we say that, you know, we really need to get our heads around this kind of teaching and concept. But it's true, I think, you know, the more we are able to understand that um, the things that come to us are from God, Mm-hmm. then the more we are able to navigate these kinds of situations it, it it's end to end right it's it's really understanding that we're stewards of these gifts even like the ability even the gift of the marital act itself mm-hmm. that this is even a possibility we can think about that's a gift you know i, I think it, it's it's something that we could never spend too much time on and it's i'm glad you talked about it though as like can we analyze this desire because it's 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 twofold it's one have i overreached in this desire right to the point where i'm thinking of children's commodities and then if that's the case like don't just dwell there and be like oh my gosh like i suck but like it's like okay well well no that started somewhere what was the desire Mm -hmm. what actually is the deep desire there Mm -hmm. that that makes me want to have children you know is it wanting to share my faith to the next generation is it wanting to spiritually foster someone else is it you know all the different multitude of, of, of areas that are included in parenthood what is it specifically that draws me there? And at the end of the day, is that only available in having my own children? Mm-hmm. You know, um, that can really open doors in terms of seeing, you know, where am I being called? Where Where is the fruitfulness lying um, that, that is going to be a part of our marriage? So I think we should wrap up. But before I do, like, is there anything else you want to say just in general on this topic? or? No. So I think a couple of addendums and bullet points, um, just as kind of additional mentions, um, you know, it's not quite infertility, but I do also want to touch on the topic of miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, kind of similar in the sense of you're trying to have a child and ultimately that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Slightly different in the sense that you did actually conceive, a, a life did um, did did come about through, through the grace of God, um, but ultimately that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I, I think... You know, obviously, a lot of what we said in terms of not being failures, that God is is bearing this cross with you, mm-hmm. all of that definitely still applies. Um, but I think more so just uh, a quick reminder to pray for the couples who are going through these things. Again, expectations, right? Um, I think this is not something we often talk about. Because my girlfriend is a nurse, I have a bit more exposure to these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they are more common than, than we're used to. Um, and you know pray for these lives right pray for these lives uh there is actually a feast day called the feast of the holy innocents it's december 28th um the the origin of this is you know thinking back to the gospel of matthew where king herod um, hears about jesus the baby that has been born and um he he orders the execution of all these uh uh, firstborn sons or firstborn males um under under the age of two within uh bethlehem that area he orders their execution to try to um, kind of uh, protect his own kind of kingship, I guess. Mm. Um, so that's that's kind of the origin of this feast day, but it's also a feast day to kind of remember um, the children who have lost their lives in these kinds of situations with miscarriages as well. Again, remember that life begins at conception, yeah. right? Um, and so December 28th is the date. Uh, so, you know, if you weren't aware, I think just increasing the awareness of um, the commonality or sorry, the common occurrence um, of things like miscarriages, which are, you know, again, very, very difficult crosses to bear as well, mm-hmm. um, along with infertility. Um, keep these kinds of things in your prayers and mm-hmm. keep these couples in your prayers as well. And, you know, finally, just on the topic of keeping things in the back of your mind, I think the whole point of this episode is not to necessarily discourage you from 
you know, when you're speaking to your family and friends, the whole expectations thing that we started with, you know, you don't necessarily have to stop being like, oh, like, when are you having children? Or, mm. you know, we really hope that you have a child or I don't think we should censor these things because we still have a responsibility almost, which almost puts it too formal, but there should be joy in celebrating life. Yeah. There should be joy to encourage people to have children, um, to to ultimately just, again, be pro-life mm-hmm. and to encourage um, this this beautiful act that God gave us that leads to children. Mm-hmm. So no need to censor that. But I think at, at the same time also keep this kind of reality in the back of your minds, yeah. understanding that, you know, sometimes it can be too much if you're asking this question too often, mm-hmm. right? Or, or, you know, if you're taking it beyond, I don't know, even a joke or even a joke, depending on the person that you're talking to, it might yeah. be too much. So just, just kind of be a bit more sensitive to that, I think. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, just be loving to the other person, right? It's 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 great to be excited on someone else's behalf, but it's another thing to just like, say it to the point where it's like, all right, like, do we need to be talking about this? Mm-hmm. And to see like, is that other person uncomfortable? Because to your point, like this is a reality for a lot of people and it can become a really awkward topic very, very quickly. So just being uh, being sensitive, I think goes a long way. Mm-hmm. And so we are sensitive to the time that we've taken up uh, out of your day. So thank you for listening as always. Uh, we pray that, oh, one thing I forgot actually, uh, a lot of some of the research that I did um, with respect to IVF and, and just this topic in general, uh, there is a really good video by Father Mike Schmitz, um, specifically on contraception and IVF. I'm glad you you mentioned contraception as well, which goes into this, you know, even better than, than we did. So, you know, I would recommend you looking up that quick 10 minute video. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's it. Um, mm-hmm. We we keep all of um, all of the children who have lost their lives in our prayers. We keep the couples who are struggling with infertility and miscarriages in our prayers, and we pray that you do as well. And um, so thanks again for listening and uh, you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks. Have a good day.